Hello, and welcome to episode 135 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And this week, we're actually not going to be reviewing a movie that recently came out on Redbox. <laughs> we're a month early. We figured since we had that hiatus just a little bit ago, we've since put two episodes out, but doing a little something special. going to review Mad Max Fury Road four weeks early. That's what we I'm do. excited. Yeah. <laughs> Big blockbuster. But we're also going to count down our top five ma- most anticipated fall movies for the season that is just about to begin, as well as our first ever fall box office draft. So that should be fun. We'll yeah. get into the details more on that later because got the award season thrown in. Should, yeah. should be cool. Draft season. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Then coincide with the fantasy football <laughs> going on. I'm looking forward to it. But first... I'm really looking forward to reviewing Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie that critically was just acclaimed big time in yeah. the summer. It Surri- was, I, it's, that surprised me so much. Yeah, definitely. I, you took it in the summer box office yeah. draft. People laughed you off your seat, but it was profitable. As We'll get into that later, too. We'll have the results for the summer box office. Um but it got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, people saying best movie of the year, not even close, best action movie of all time, like crazy accolades Wow, it's been getting. Um, so, expectations? Kind of high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even with all that, like, I had just somewhat recently this year watched the first two Mad Max movies for the first time. And I thought they were overrated. They're definitely good. Uh, I thought they were slow. I could appreciate like the cinematography and the silence and action of it all and the low budgetness. Yeah. But for me, it was just too slow, too meandering, methodical. So coming into this, I'm like, this does look good. It's getting great reviews. But if and it's the same director, I think, because I'm. George Miller, yes, yeah. as uh, the first two. So I was kind of skeptical even so. It held my expectations in check a little bit. How yeah, about yourself? Uh, I don't... I Have you seen any of the Mad Max movies? I think I've seen the first... I'm pretty sure I've seen the first one. It's I'm really vague on it. But the impression I got from what I remember is... I kind of liked it, but yeah, I agree with you. It was kind of slow. I found the movie sort of boring... But I could also appreciate why people like it. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, it's a cult classic. classic. People love it. Yeah, yeah. and Mel Gibson, like pretty early on too, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And even with all the hype, I I don't know. I just had this sneaky suspicion that I wouldn't like it as much as other people did. But I was still really excited to see it, and the verdict. Yeah, I was impressed by it. I was blown away. Yeah? I I loved it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I'm really not doing it much justice for how good of a movie it was. <laughs> yeah, but. we'll get into it, obviously, but just off the bat, at the very beginning, I thought, yep, this is still weird, just like the Mad Max movies, <laughs> except instead of a slow pace meandering, this was just an incredible... High pace, constant action for the most part. Like, bright, colorful. This was what I wanted 
the yeah. first ones to be just based off of what I heard. This to me was. I mean, obviously, we literally just watched it, so I need some time to digest it, but <laughs> it really might be one of the best pure action movies ever made. Just pure action. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. This is a pure action movie. <laughs> yes. And I could see how maybe if you weren't in the mood to watch a movie like that, how it, you might not like it as much, but if that is the case, I'd totally recommend watching it when you are because yeah, it yeah. was a ride honestly if I had all day I probably would have just started it over from the beginning right away <laughs> I liked it that much like and I there's so much going on and it's so high paced like and all the subtleties of everything I feel like there's yeah. so much you could catch on the second there's viewing. so much detail even in like things you're not even necessarily going to see much yeah it's yeah but I guess we should say what the plot of the movie is, if <laughs> if we can. Uh, basically, the movie starts off, Mad Max is saying how... Basically, seems like he's gone insane. He's immediately haunted. just stomps a lizard and eats it. Yeah, he's haunted by... I'm guessing it's his daughter that he like couldn't save her life, or at least somebody. Yeah, that's the impression I got. I don't, they don't really give you a true, clear answer. And I'm they? glad they didn't. Like, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Open-endedness. But, so, immediately he gets captured by these crazy people, <laughs> and basically he just wants to survive. That's his whole mission of life, is just survive, survive, survive. Uh, he almost escapes the opening scene. <laughs> Does all this crazy, awesome action, beating up people, jumping, doing crazy things, and ends up getting caught anyway. Yeah. Then he's used as a blood bag for Nux. <laughs> this character who... Uh, there's a bunch of these guys. What are they called? Uh, we, wow. Something boys. Uh, the, uh, but anyway, they're just yeah. like half-dead people that are dying and they need uh, a universal donor's blood to survive. And basically the whole movie is just a wild chase between uh, Mad Max, who is helping out Furiosa, who is played by Charlize Theron, as she's trying to get the mothers or... Yeah, mother, maiden, Trying to like save that. them, get them away from Immortan Joe, who is the, the villain of the movie, <laughs> who is actually in one of the first two Mad Max movies. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's Immortan Joe and all his cronies chasing after them. Yeah, they're breeding wives, <clears throat> yes. by the way, for him. Yes, I guess as he tries to expand his empire and have his heirs take over for him. But but yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Obviously, if you haven't seen any of the Mad Max movies, that's the conceit. Like, yeah. water is sparse, <laughs> and Immortan Joe controls the only real water source, and he very sparingly do, gives it out just to keep these people like bent at the knee yeah so, he's basically a god carried on a stick yeah type thing and he says don't get too used to the water because then you'll like get addicted to it or, or whatever yeah it's just insane uh but this whole movie is just crazy insane that's In basically awesome the plot. It's, yeah. yeah it's just a chase movie yeah actually in my notes plot question mark <laughs> yeah but I like in how, a good way, though. Definitely. Yeah, they don't spell it out for you, but 
and it takes some catching up to do, but by like halfway through the movie, you pretty much know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Just based on what's on screen, it's no one saying really what the deal hey, is. It's not spoon fed. No. But it's it really uh, another thing I ran next to is does it need a plot? No. I mean, it really kind of does. Even if you don't care about it, it's just follow this action. It's yeah. insane. And apparently it's mostly practical effects, or at least more than you would expect when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, and George Miller is like a really old director, right? Really? Uh, yeah, like, well, I mean, if you made like, the first one, Yeah, which they came out in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, Even he, if he was fairly young at the time. He also made Babe, Pig in the City. Really? <laughs> yeah. Change of pace? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just crazy to think that let's see he was born 1945 that makes him 70 years old yeah so for a 70 year old man to make a movie this modern modern and high paced high adrenaline in the desert yeah wow immediately the first thing that stuck out to me about the movie was just the look of it the high contrast to, for the desert when it's daytime it was bright and it, but this weird like yellowish orange yeah it was glow. Um, colorful but drab at the same yeah. time and like the, the blues were extreme blue the greens were so green but there was just so much sand and desert yeah it's kind of this kind of, pale eastery yeah. not like literally eastery but just pastelish yeah. kind of color and it to makes it. when there is that green grass in the blue sky it really makes it jump out when it's there because yeah. there's so little of it. And then at night, it's so dark and so dull. Like, yeah, it, the, the way they used the dark. lighting kind of reminded me of Pitch Black a little mm. bit. Yes. Just, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I know what you mean. At the nighttime yeah. shot. For sure. Um, let's see. Cinematography, incredible. And amazing. <laughs> the angles, the action, the way he captured it was brilliant. A great score. I love Crazy. the one uh, truck that's chasing after him is literally doing the score, essentially, at least yeah. in certain parts. At the back of it, it's like six drummers and then a guitar player <laughs> in the front. Crazy guitar Flames player. Flames shooting out of the... Bungees, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's Who like, the fuck comes up with this shit? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> awesome, man. It's amazing. And the drummers, they're like, a, think like a Viking ship. Or like Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, um, man, and the character development is really, really well done. Yeah. Like, look at all of the characters from when you first see them toward the, to the end. It's a great journey. I like how it was a little bit of a slow burn on the, um, the teaming up. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Even Fair after it, they are forced to, it yeah. wasn't super trustworthy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Furiosa is Charlie's throne. She's missing it half of her left arm which surprised me I forgot I'd heard about that I had heard about it but then I forgot so it was yeah kind of I think we were like uh, 20 minutes or so into the movie mm-hmm. and I finally remembered it and yeah. noticed it but that's really cool to have this awesome kick-ass heroine first of all speaking of just the lack of like strong women in film yeah, this they, is plenty of them in this yeah uh, half and, a dozen <laughs> and to have one that's handicapped and still kick Tons of ass is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the like you said, the relationship between her and Mad Max, they start off... Um, 
as enemies, essentially. Like just by default, really. Yeah. They don't really. They don't know each other, but yeah. Yeah, it's just Mad Max. He's still a little crazy. He's on edge. <laughs> he like he. I said he just wants to survive. Yeah, he's literally got a, his blood and all attached to a person <laughs> when he finds them. <laughs> yeah. And I guess as he slowly realizes that what everything's going on, just like the audience, yeah. he comes more on their side, and they kind of develop this friendship, so to speak. Yeah, I like how the audience finds out things at the same time as the characters. Yeah. Like, there's not really much that is known or exists that's not told to you, or nothing's really told to you, it's just shown. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the best thing you could say about it. Sure, don't tell. Yeah. And they certainly did. The um, the props and the cars, like the holy crap! Like whoever did all the work on this. The stuff, design, the creativity he displayed is. How long has he been thinking about this movie, making this movie? <laughs> yeah. Like since the last one he made in thirty, like thirty years ago. Just all like the nooks and crannies and all the. The stuff I I would love to see what they didn't use. They had to have shot eight hundred hours of film to make Seriously. this thing. And also the, all the the breeding mothers that they're trying to save, like they're really cool characters too. They're you would think they'd be these innocent like women that yeah, sheltered from the world. No, yeah, and but no. they're kick some ass too. Yeah. Like, and there's a pregnant one that is like I guess the favorite. Yeah, uh, Morton Joe, the one he's really after. She's like a month away from giving birth, and she's even doing action stunts as she's pregnant. Like, and something happens with her that I did not see coming, and I thought was a brave choice. And, <laughs> yeah, and really, uh, really well done. Don't want to give it away, but, uh, but yeah, it's just weird how these women, these beautiful, clean women, in the middle of. Everybody else, these disgusting, dirty yeah. people. Like I like Scarred the contrast. There. And yeah, I guess that's what the movie is a lot about. Contrast. Yeah, you know, certainly is. I guess that world is dying or pretty much dead, but yeah, it's they, still their world, and they can make the most of it. What is the style? It's like like yeah, steampunk. It's like yeah, post-apocalyptic, <laughs> and it's like. In the past and in the future at the same time. like It's like so much in the future that it's the world has ended, so they have to pretty much start from scratch again. So it's yeah, kind of past. Like the used future kind of take. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the movie that came out uh, last year that I didn't love, but I, it, it was a great idea. Same, similar story, a post-apocalyptic world in Australia. It was called The Rover with Robert Pattinson and uh, Guy Pearce pretty good but yeah uh yeah i did have i can't even put into words just all the good things without just describing everything i guess a character that we haven't talked too much about is nux yeah is the the guy that's uh, can never i don't know what they're called yeah, i can't they're, bag boys all is it bag boy or something bag boy and then they called him like war something boy? else war boy yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. But his development, like, he goes from legitimately being against uh, Furiosa and all <laughs> them to to helping out. And it, it was an interesting way how they did it, because I sort of said something along the lines of what happened 
earlier in the movie, but then it sort of didn't pan out and then ended up panning out mm-hmm. without giving too much away. Yeah, yeah. Definitely don't want to spoil I mean, there's not too much to spoil. Yeah, but it's but, such a yeah. visual thing, though. It's exactly. kind of... Exactly. And the world building, incredible. Yeah. This, this world has clearly been here, lived in. It's not like you learning about it, you know, like some movies, when you enter a world, it's they're explaining everything to you. Yeah. This, it just is what it is, like, and you just have to accept it. As yeah. it is. Like, so much weird stuff, a lot of movies would not be able to, to pull it off. But somehow you just accept this because it just seems so natural. Like, their lingo that they're talking to each other. <laughs> you don't have to know exactly what they mean to know what they mean. Yeah. And to just buy, you buy into everything so quick. And that's really hard to do. That's something, that's like Star Wars level, original trilogy Star Wars level shit. <laughs> In That's game, uh, in game of Thrones. quite high uh, phrase. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't get over the, how good that was done. Um, the action, action again, like it's fist fights, it's car chase, it's car fights. Like it reminded me of the game Twisted Metal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with just these bizarre vehicles trying to kill each other, destroy each other in crazy. Creative the way they flip and explode, and, and like the pole guys, <laughs> yeah, pole you'll, dancers. <laughs> you'll know what we mean when you see them, but it's nuts. I can't believe yeah. these are real vehicles that were driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy, and it's so high octane. The action sequences, at least the first one in the first uh, act of the movie, I didn't know who the hell side was on. You know, like I didn't know who was on what side. Because some of the war boys were with Furiosa in the beginning. Yeah. And are fighting against the other ones. And then they turn on her. And it's like really weird. But it, yeah. It worked somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dialogue. Or what even little lack there was. Of, yeah. I loved what they did with it though. Like it wasn't about how much they talked. It was about what they said. Like they made use of every line. And what yeah. a lot of these action movies kind of do is they just spit out cheesy one-liners and such every so often this movie really avoids doing that yeah and to go along with that the acting very good Uh, very very good difficult difficult acting job here with everything going on like they gotta act with their face and be super high octane doing all this stuff i mean tom hardy to me can do no wrong and i loved him here too oh yeah i mean he, he i think it's also awesome that he pretty much you come into this movie, it's Mad Max, Fury Road. You think Max is going to be the main character, but he's yeah. not really the main character. He's, he's just sort of the uh, the common character of all of the other ones, in a way. Furiosa is the main character. Yeah, definitely. And he is the side character, which, uh, that's really cool. How would, I don't know, that's just, I can't believe a studio would allow it. <laughs> it's, it's ballsy. Yeah. And Charlie Theron, she was incredible. Amazing. You'll forget Nux. it's her, honestly. Yes. Like, I knew it was her, but... Yeah. And Nux, the guy playing Nux, who was... Yeah. It was good for what character he played. For sure. 100%, yeah. Um, we could praise it to the high heavens, but I think we've done that already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was there any negatives for you? Um, I have very little. 
Uh, but I do have some slight things. lack of coherence in the plot. But like I said, it sort of worked to its benefit. But I felt like there could have been a little bit more there to chew on. But a very very minor complaint. For yeah. Me. Any complaints I have are nitpicks. Like I would say, there is a law. A little more than halfway through, but that law is like literally two or three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and it picks right back up. When I was like, when that happened, I'm like, oh no, is this this movie's been so perfect? Is this gonna <laughs> way it's gonna go in the second half? But no, it immediately juiced itself back up. Um, maybe I will say I wish the bad guys were fleshed out a little bit more, yeah, like the home that. base or whatnot. Yeah. But again, pretty minor nitpick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the only other thing is, they did this speed ramping thing, with uh, especially with Tom Hardy. But they did it throughout the movie where he's move like everything's moving just a little faster than normal. Did you notice oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like especially in the beginning when he's trying to get away, it's like almost like trying to make him look like an animalistic. You can really notice when like, he moves his head and like, stuff like that. <laughs> <and it> snaps. <laughs> Like, yeah, and when he was it like cut, trying to cut the mask off, like yeah, he's real itchy, fidgety looking. But yeah, it's like I unnatural. Just, I I liked it. I just felt like it was a little bit overused, a little. Yeah, bit. and I almost feel like as he became more less or less insane, more sane as the movie went on, it was less and less. So maybe yeah. that was kind of the idea behind that. But that's really the only complaint I could say. Yeah. Agree. Let's rate this bad boy. All right. I haven't even thought about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I don't know if I want to give it a. I'm coming out with it. Yeah. Nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half. Number one movie of the year so far for me. By far. Nine. I'm going to give it a really solid nine. I'm going to be... Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. A solid night. Um, Might be the highest score you've given up. I think it is. Yeah. This movie mm, on rewatch yeah. could go up to a 10. I'm interested to see once it, I let it settle. Like, sometimes movies are amazing after you first watch them, and then they kind of lose a little bit of luster. Yeah. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes you think of movies, oh, yeah, that was really good. And then the more you think about it, and it settles... It goes up in your estimation. Like I'm just interested to see where this falls. It's probably going to be on my top 100 of all time list. I'm just curious as to where, how high it will land. Yeah, yeah, you gotta watch the movie. Yeah, two, three times. Oh yeah, I'll definitely. I can't wait till this hits HBO because I'll <laughs> watch the crap out of it. Uh, so yeah, awesome, awesome movie. If, yeah, <laughs> go watch it now. <laughs> yes, immediately. It's on demand. Uh, and when it comes out on Redbox in four weeks, if you can wait that long, definitely do it. Yeah. And who would you... Like, is there anyone you wouldn't recommend it to? Obviously, like, 12-year-olds. It's probably yeah. a little much for, but... I don't... It's not like it's particularly, like, gory or nothing. I don't know. I guess if you just really don't like action movies, maybe not. But I don't yeah. know anyone that just doesn't like action movies like I have period a, I could see some older folks no offense uh, to you oh, older yeah. folks out there it would be a little too weird for them despite how good it is but uh, even if even so give it a shot 
<laughs> yeah, I just it's fun. It's a fun movie, and I'm that not as like or an excuse. I liked the movie, but it wasn't that good. So you say it's fun, yeah, or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. it's it's a ride, yeah. than literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go from one of the best reviews we've ever given out to some of our most anticipated movies coming out in the fall that we hope to give similar reviews to when we review. Them. <laughs> so as far as this fall movie season, to me it looks jam-packed with what should be great movies. Yeah, it looks between amazing. Oscar-worthy movies and blockbusters like seems like this season has it all. Yeah. Except a Marvel movie. <laughs> Which is rare these days. Well, they did a lot of work in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming back in the spring, so it's not like you're going to go too long with that one. Uh, but I'm kind of glad there isn't one. Gives yeah. some, give some other folks some attention here. So, you were just looking at the, the list of movies coming out. What do you think? Um, as far as the crop? It looks... It's one of the strongest years I can remember. On paper. On paper. Yeah. What about compared to the summer season? I think it's better. I think, well, I think most fall seasons are better. Oh, than the yeah, season, I think it's a stronger season. So that's not exactly a fair comparison, but it just seems like quality. Once, once you get into the end of September, every week there's something that could legitimately be great. Yeah, uh, that's a, like, it's about like every two weeks, throughout, on average, yeah. throughout the whole season, there's a pretty amazing looking movie going out. And I'm sure. And the summer's a little dicier where. This movie could be good, or yeah. it might really be bad. Or fantastic for <laughs> And I'm sure there'll be disappointments out of this bunch. And I'm sure there'll be surprises that we don't even have on our radar that just come out of nowhere. Yeah. From, like, Toronto Film Festival starts next week. Like, there's going to be su- surprises and, and disappointments, but it looks pretty good. So, what's your number five, most anticipated? Uh, number five, I'm... I sort of was thinking about changing it, but I already got it down. I'm going with The Martian. That's my number five as well. Nice. Matt Damon as uh, a guy who lands on Mars, like crash lands, and can't communicate back to NASA. So he has to just find a way to survive until hopefully help can be on the way. Yeah. Uh, We talked about the trailer a few months ago. Looked good to me. I love that everyone that's in it. Jessica Chastain's probably my favorite actress. Matt Damon, literally the most reliable young actor yeah. out there. He's like the Tom Hanks of his day. Might have said that before on this podcast, but I still stand by it. <laughs> stand by that. It, it looks really cool. The only thing that worries me is it's Ridley Scott directing it, and he's getting really old. Yeah. And he has been very hit or miss lately. But yeah. obviously, he is a legend filmmaker, at least. Yeah, I think he made the, the original Alien for God's sake. <laughs> the plot—it's not—it doesn't seem like it could be too co- over complicated. In yeah, a way, so. and it's based off a book that people love. So yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. When does that come out? It, I think it comes it out in October. October second. Nice, not too far. Yeah. All right. What's your number four? The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Okay, I did, this didn't even make my top like 12 or so. Just because okay. I was so disappointed with the last one, I definitely think this will be better. Yeah, that's it's more anticipation because I felt like 
like we said in our review, it's the first one seems to be a setup exactly. to get every a lot of things out of the way for the, yeah. this one. And don't get me wrong, I am looking forward to it. Actually, we talked about the trailer for that, and I was saying how it looked really good. That that's just how good this movie season looks. Like that that doesn't even crack, crack my humble <laughs> yeah. mentions because I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, my number four is Sicario. Okay. This is a movie but from uh, Dennis Villanueva, or Villanueva, however you pronounce his last name. <laughs> He's one of my favorite up-and-coming directors. He directed Enemy, which is one of my favorite movies from either a year or two ago. He did Prisoners, which I thought was pretty good as well. Uh, and we talked about the trailer for this. It looks really cool with Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, Josh yeah. Brolin. Uh, this was an honorable mention for me. Yeah, like... Just seems I love Emily Blunt. She's one. She's another one of my favorite actresses. She's from Edge of Tomorrow. She's yeah. badass to that. Like she's just a great. She's a great actor, and she can do action. She's proven that she can. I don't. I like her as an actress, but I don't think I've actually seen a ton of movies that I've loved with her. Did you see Looper? No. You, I, I awesome movie. I'd be she started watching it one day and I fell asleep. She oh. she's awesome in that. Right. Um, I love her. To death. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, if you're listening. I found a new one. No. <laughs> uh, what's your number three? My number three, going with Legend. All right. Uh, Tom Hardy. That didn't make honorable... Yes, it did. It did make my honorable <laughs> I was going to say, that's crazy that it didn't, but... Um, a little bit predisposition for me, because I know about uh, the craze, who the twins that it's about. Mm-hmm. Kind of was interested in them, and then... Hearing about this movie, Tom Hardy playing both of them, it, yeah, and not to mention the trailers have all looked awesome. Yeah, we talked about the one, and speak of another love interest, I'd leave my wife for Tom Hardy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's incredible; can do no wrong. So, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, a nice crime movie. Haven't had a great one of those in a while. It doesn't seem like, unless yeah. I'm forgetting something. But uh, my number three is The Hateful Eight. All right. Talked about it last episode. Yeah. The trailer. We talked about the, tra- the trailer looked disappointing, but it's Tarantino. Yeah. That always seems to be the case. Even in Glorious Bastards, when I saw that trailer, I was iffy on it. Ends up being my second favorite movie of all time. <laughs> so I'm sure it'll be good. The cast is great. The director's great. You know, the writing and all that. Yeah. yeah. You know, the cinematography is going to be great. The right, it's, it's just overliable. Yeah, he's Tarantino. not. Uh, his movies don't translate into trailers very well. No, and that's weird because I like trailers. Like I appreciate that There's kind an of art thing. to it. Yeah. yeah, I like the. It's a little adrenaline rush, sort of in a way, mm-hmm. or whatnot. And I don't mind spoilers. So, my biggest thing that I don't like about trailers is, say, I'm much more of a visual movies. I watch like I get the most out of the visuals. So yeah. I don't want to see the iconic visuals of the movie in the trailer, but I don't mind, like, knowing the plot or anything yeah. like that, so... Unless it's something where it's revealing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a couple of those movies that you just really can't watch. Just that Sixth the, Sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like, once you know the ending, it kind of ruins the movie. I've come... There are very rare that I still feel that way. Like, I used to feel that way, but now, just... I listen to movie podcasts, I get spoiled, and for me... It's, I have to, seeing it is different than hearing about it. 
yeah. or reading about it. Well, know? I don't necessarily mean just like hearing prior, but to actually see it on the. But I do agree. Screen. Sometimes I like the uh, second time around. Yeah, knowing, but beyond that, the second or yeah. third time, it's sort of a wasteful watch. I don't know. Knowing spoilers is like having a first and second viewing at the same time. Oh, the, the Ben <laughs> Affleck movie. Gone for, Baby Gone. Yeah. It's that sort of like that for me. Yeah. Can definitely understand. What's your number two? Alright, my number two Black Mass. Yep, honorable mention. Looks awesome. Yeah. I'll, that I'll, is a trailer that was very well done. That one we talked about. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited to see Johnny Depp in hopefully a good movie. <sighs> Finally. Yeah. It's been about six years. <laughs> been a rough ride Johnny but yeah and he's he's still doing the thing he loves putting crazy makeup on changing his appearance yeah but it actually seems like a real performance at yeah. least based on what I've seen and I think it's uh premiering at Toronto next week so early cool. buzz should come out soon and hopefully it's good sweet my number two is The Revenant alright it's almost what I swapped out uh myself honorable mention yeah, I mean, that was one of the best trailers I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Tom Hardy again. He just, this is his episode. He keeps <laughs> coming up. Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, those two together, that's like peanut butter and chocolate, baby. <laughs> it's going to be one of the best movies ever made and not get nominated for anything. Besides, like, maybe, like, costume. Yeah, oh, God, the costumes looked incredible. Yeah. Um, actually, it's from the director, uh, Inriatu, Inritu, who directed Birdman, which just won Best Picture at the Oscars, so it'd be crazy if he could do it back to back. Yeah. Actually, and the crazy thing is, they still haven't finished shooting the ending to the movie. Really? They're still filming. Wow. <laughs> and apparently it's like, he went extreme, like they actually went to this crazy Arctic place and like half of the crew quit on him. Holy and crap. It sounded intense. Maybe it's being blown out of proportion, but... yeah. I'm super stoked for this movie, and it's one that was on my radar. I actually think at the beginning of the year, it made the tail end of my top five most anticipated, just from the cast yeah. alone, but after seeing the trailer, it went even higher. Like it's, If it wasn't for what I'm sure is both our number one, uh, yeah. it would be number one with a bullet for me. Yeah. And our number one, Star Wars, Wars. The Force Awakens. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's just, it's the juggernaut. And, uh, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I almost hate to be this guy that's like a shill and, oh my God, Star Wars is back. But everything I've seen or heard about it just yeah. looks like it's going to live up to the incredible hype. That trailer, both all the trailers that I've seen. just Amazing. Even the little side stuff I've seen with J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Just done... Maybe they're just playing the great pre-production game perfectly, but, I mean, spot on, like, exactly yeah. what I would want. Got chills from the trailer, and I hate I didn't hate the prequels, but I did not like them. So yeah. it's not like I'm in the bag, love everything about Star Wars, but... I kind of liked the third one, because it played into the original trilogy the most, but... Yeah. The acting was horrendous. I just hated the way it looked. It was so glossy. Yeah, I'm so glad they're going back to mostly practical effects. And Much puppets. like Mad Max. It's we love it. CG, just a total green screen is just not the way Favorite to go. part of the trailer was when there's just this 
It's a far out shot in the desert. And yeah. It's just like motorbike or whatever going. And you just see this crashed huge starship. Oh my god, just the scale that that brought out was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I thought J.J. Abrams did great with Star Trek, and I have no interest in Star Trek. Yeah. But the the movies were very enjoyable. Yep. And again, practical effects, like on-location shooting, it might have special effects in the background, but it's a real place. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Any honorable mentions? Um, the Hateful Eight, The Revenant, and Sicario. Alright, well I have... Steve Jobs just missed my top five with Michael Fassbender playing. Yeah, I think this is going to be a lot Jobs. better than Kutcher. Yeah, oh my god. Well, I didn't even see it because I didn't care. But uh, Seth Rogen playing Woz, Wozniak. Yeah. And directed by Danny Boyle, a great director. Written by Aaron Sorkin, the guy who wrote Moneyball on the Social Network. Like, on paper, it screams great movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the record, though, it's not Ashton Kutcher that the bad thing about that movie. Really? You watched yeah. it? Yeah, I watched it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not a good movie, really, but it's not his acting. He does fairly decent. He's not the worst actor ever. Yeah. He, I didn't see him as Steve Jobs whatsoever. I was like, this is stupid. He doesn't do a bad job. It's just the story is... He's the poor man's Ryan Reynolds who is already the poor man's like some Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> He's the dirt poor man's... <laughs> uh, Creed just missed my list as well. Yeah. That looks, looks awesome. Good. Love the director, Ryan Coogler. Michael B. Jordan is great. Fantastic Four, not. Uh, <laughs> great trailer. Looks great. Yeah. Everest, another honorable mention. Yeah. That looks like a fun Josh movie. Josh Brolin, right? Yeah, Josh Brolin. A lot of, like, a lot of good actors in there. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, that I don't think it's going to be amazing. I just think it's going to be one of these where it's like a fun, yeah, disaster movie. But yeah. hopefully a little bit more than that. Uh, Black Mass, Beast of No Nation, the Netflix movie coming out next month. Yeah, Spotlight, the other uh, the Catholic oh, yeah. investigation we just talked about. I think that looks great. By the Sea, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie movie. Trailer was weird, but I'm still like I said. I <laughs> I gave it eight and a half already. So, uh, just by trailer, Bridge of Spies looks like it could be a cool movie, but I just have a sneaky suspicion with Tom Hanks being and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, damn, yeah. I don't it's... have a lot of faith in him anymore. Or not Tom Hanks himself, but just the projects he gets placed in. To me, I didn't like that trailer. I know you liked it more than me, but yeah. That just screams middle of the road. Yeah, I nine out of nine and a half out of ten chance wise, it's not going to be a great movie, but could be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's Spielberg and yeah. it's Hanks, so obviously it, it'd be it could watchable. Be. But yeah. I'm hope I'm wrong because I just like to watch good movies. But <laughs> yeah. And my last honorable mention is Mississippi Grind, which is a little indie movie that I think played at Sundance or one of the festivals maybe South by Southwest starring shit was it Ryan Reynolds anyway um, it's yeah. starring people you know <laughs> Just, yeah. it looked really good so alright All right. that's that it's time to move on to draft season <laughs> <laughs> um, first let's talk about 
the summer box office draft. And how about the summer as a whole? How do you think... Uh, obviously, we haven't seen a ton of the movies that came out, but yeah. just as far as like critical reception, what do you think? Uh, um, It wasn't as strong as I thought it would be. And it wasn't necessarily the movies I thought. I don't know. Like... Uh, Jurassic World, I did not think would do well. Yeah, that was definitely the biggest surprise maybe ever. <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, Fantastic Four flopping like it did. I, I don't know if I had confidence it was going to be a hit, but... Yeah, I knew that was a possibility, but... Um, yeah, it's strange. It's just kind of surprising the ones that did do really well in... I mean, like, the Avengers did great, but it wasn't quite as good as most people thought it was going to be yeah i think the standouts were mad max um and that <laughs> mission impossible 5 seemed to get a lot of good yeah. word of mouth and inside out was good people loved it ant-man was good but yeah it just i thought i've obviously Mediocre. haven't seen all the movies but i thought last summer it was really good yeah and this one Probably better than 2013, but not as good as last. But maybe I'll love all the movies once I actually see them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we can't really pass yeah. too much judgment. Just based on word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, but let's get to the actual draft results. Okay. That's an attempt at a drum roll. Yep. <laughs> Please. Uh, <laughs> in fourth place, with 448 million approximately... Is me. <laughs> I had a terrible, terrible draft. I, I had the biggest bomb on the board with Tomorrowland. It netted me negative, <laughs> negative 100. No, that's not even right. That's before the Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> score saved it a little bit. Uh, it netted me a negative 171.5 million dollars because it Ooh. had such a huge budget 190 million dollar budget and ended up only making about did it take a long time to make or something like that or maybe just production while like getting to making it but yeah i think there was something with production but it, it barely it made 208 million it barely made <laughs> its budget back let alone two times its budget back um insidious chapter three was a Mediocre success for me. It was a small budget. Yeah. Made some money. That was supposed to just be the safe pick, you know, to coincide with the blockbusters. <laughs> Inside Out did great. It made a lot of money, $700 million, But it had a big budget. And that's where, it, when we get to what Minions did later on, that's all the difference in the world. Yeah. $175 million budget on that. Uh, Ant-Man. I thought that was going to be like the next Guardians of the Galaxy, or at least close, yeah. which made a ton of money. Ant-Man, and it'll make a little more, but it's only made $366 million. So that was a disappointment. And Trainwreck was a success, but again, on the same reign as Insidious Chapter 3, yeah. smaller budget that was supposed to just supplement my three blockbusters. <laughs> so I sucked. I suck this time. I'll get them next time. It happens. it happens. I think, actually, this was my strategy because when we do next year's summer box office draft, we do reverse order, right? Oh, yeah, last place, I'll get first pick. Get the Avengers 3. <laughs> Let's hope. And in third place is Edgar Chaput. He, Congratulations, uh, Edgar. Top three. 
He had one of the bigger hits in Minions. It had made yeah. over, made a little over a billion dollars so far. Whew. Yeah. And the budget was only $74 million. Wow. I don't know how that's possible. Less than half of Inside Out. The thing that hurt that was the Rotten Tomatoes score was only 54%. So he ended up netting $470 million, which was the third biggest of the season. Wow. After, uh, you know, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes and everything is said and done. It was number three on the top five. I had number four with Inside Out. He also had, let's see, what was his second biggest one? Pitch Perfect 2 was a huge surprise. On a $15 million budget, <laughs> it made $285 million for one of the the biggest I mean, that's why he drafted it because it was a small budget, right? Yes. But, I mean, who would have thought it made that much? Right? Yeah, I guess the first one was a called hit, and that called flopped to the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> if you take away the Rotten Tomatoes score, because it only had a 65%, it was the fifth biggest uh, earner Gross based thing. off its budget. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a great pick right there. He also had excuse me, Magic Mike XXL, which was another small budget movie that made not as much as everyone expected, but it did make $117 million for a profit of 56 His big bomb, though, other than Poltergeist, which pretty much broke even, that was that was his big his strategy, or his yeah. sleeper pick or whatever. He's high on that. Yeah, that one. That he picked the wrong what, horror he movie. Said, uh, Poltergeist is a better pick than Mad Max. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> did. And he was wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, he picked the wrong horror movie. I think. I think I picked the best horror movie of the season. Yeah, but still didn't do that great. But he had Fantastic Four, which. Was the biggest bomb after Rotten Tomatoes is coming, come into effect because it only made had a nine percent Rotten Tomatoes score. Holy! On crap. top of losing ninety seven million dollars. Ouch! Yeah. So actually, my raw for Tomorrowland was almost double the bomb as Fantastic Four, but the Rotten Tomatoes score is fifty percent on that. So uh. saved me. So, and now. We go from third place to the winner because it was between you and Casey. Yep. By a turtle of three hundred and fifty million, Casey was the winner. Not really a big surprise since yeah. he had Jurassic World. And the crazy thing is he only had four movies. Because Pan, his one of his picks, was pushed back to October. Holy and crap. is now eligible for the fall movie draft. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he had Jurassic World, third biggest <laughs> earner of all time, with one point six three seven billion dollars on a hundred fifty million dollar budget. Not that huge for that. And nine hundred fifty million dollars was its total after the Rotten Tomatoes was taken off. So that right there pretty much won him. Yeah. But on top of that, he also had Mission Impossible Five. Which was the fifth biggest earner after Rotten Tomatoes, and that still has a ways to go because that yeah. came out somewhat recently. Um, that's made almost five hundred million so far. And another surprise hit that I was mocking him relentlessly about: San Andreas yeah. has made almost five hundred million dollars on a hundred and ten million dollar budget for a pretty nice chunk of change. Yeah. And you got second place. You did a pretty good job. Obviously, with first pick in the draft, you took Avengers Age of Ultron. 
Made $1.4 billion. <laughs> so not exactly a disappointment. But the budget was huge. That yeah. $250 million. And the Rotten Tomatoes score wasn't as high as I expected. So it, it was the second biggest earner of the season. Yeah. With $667 million. See, I wouldn't have thought, like... Um, Mission Impossible or Jurassic World. Well, I guess Jurassic World's about where I expected it percentage-wise, but I never would have thought Mission Impossible would have gotten a 93%. Yeah. I knew it, you knew it was going to make money. He's Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, yeah. but... Yeah, that's apparently that series just gets better and better. Apparently. I like the fourth one a lot. I like the third one. And the first one. It's a good series. What can you say? Yeah. Um, let's see. Mad Max, speaking of, people mocked you relentlessly about that. <laughs> with the $150 million budget and such a weird movie, but it did manage, with a 98% Rotten Tomato score, to profit you $72 million. So it, it wasn't a huge earner, but definitely worth a, a pick. Some carrying around money. <laughs> you took two comedies with Spy and Ted 2. Spy was by far the bigger hit of the two. I never would have thought that. <laughs> With two, $235 million and a 95% Rotten Tomatoes score. So that was probably in the top ten of earners. And Ted 2, which I would have thought would have been the big one out of them. Yeah. Only made $190 million on a $70 million budget and a bad Rotten Tomatoes score. So that was actually the fifth worst wow. selection of the draft. Jeez. I didn't <laughs> and, think it was going to be a great movie by any means. I just thought the budget... I thought the budget was going to be a little smaller and it was going to make more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Usually sequels to successful movies make more money. Yeah, especially... They didn't really have Mila Kunis, like, another star. Yeah. So, um. And what would have been your worst pick if it wasn't for a, the third biggest opening ever in China? Terminator Genesis managed to... Pick up four hundred million dollars. Wow! So, that was the sixth worst worst pick of the draft. <laughs> he had the fifth and sixth worst pick of the draft. Edgar had the first and fourth worst pick of the draft. Oh, and we forgot to mention uh, Casey's only other pick, Southpaw, was the fourth worst, or third worst pick in the draft. Thirty million dollar budget only made back a little over double. So at least yeah. it didn't lose him money. Yeah. That's all that was about. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. I'm disappointed. As am I. <laughs> but it was a runaway win for Casey. And congratulations to him. Congratulations. He'll never listen to this, probably, but he deserves a round of applause. Yeah. I was going to tell him I won. Billy, Philip, send him a tweet. Tell him congratulations. <laughs> and Sam. Samuel, the boy, not to confuse with my wife. Uh, send him the email. You got his address. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, let's move on to... The fall box office draft. This is the first time we're doing this. Uh, first thing I want to mention, just based off the results of the summer box office draft, I noticed that the Rotten Tomatoes score really didn't have that much of an effect on things. No, not and, really. And I kind of like that. You know, you don't want it to make too big of an effect. Uh, in the bottom five, there was no change if you took away the Rotten Tomatoes score. On the top five, only the fifth place film was interchanged so huh. it's just something to keep in mind for strategy in the future yeah you know? you just, basically you just want to pick the one that's going to make money, money. and not try to get the, the highly reviewed that should be a secondary concern <laughs> whoa <laughs> but what should not be a secondary 
or actually what should be the new secondary concern <laughs> for the fall box office draft is the Oscars, the Academy Awards, we're going to have to keep in mind because the little wrinkle for the fall box office draft is all the same rules apply as the summer. You're trying to pick the highest box office earnings internationally against its double its budget double with its the budget. Rotten Tomatoes score. But like I said, the wrinkle this time is nominations at the Oscars will get you bonus millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and winning the Academy Award will get you even more bonus millions of dollars. So you're trying to pick high earners and, you know, the Oscar bait as well. Yeah. Uh, it breaks down as for every minor nomination, like best score, best uh, visual effects, that kind of thing, $10 million extra for every nomination one of your films has. Nice. And $20 million for the, every win they get in a minor category. Cool. When you go to the major categories, I'm talking best actor, best actress, best supporting, yeah. best director, uh, best script, I think that should be included, script. What about best picture? That is its own monster. Okay. Yeah, I was (laughs) going to say. Even best editing, I think, is a major nomination. So for every major nomination, you get $25 million extra dollars. And when you win, $50 million extra dollars. And like you said, best picture, that's the granddaddy of them all. That's one you're aiming for. Yeah. $50 million for every one of your films that is nominated for best picture. 100 million bonus dollars for the best picture winner. This is going to be interesting with the strategy just because I don't know exactly <laughs> how much this will play into things. Yeah. It's. No, well, we're going to find it's out. It's going to make things, you know, just as we thought we were <laughs> getting it down on what, what to do. This comes up. And uh, it should be fun because, like I was telling you before we started, these movies are only through the end of December. The Oscar nominations don't come out until February, so by the time that happens, things will have settled just on the pure dollars and cents. Yeah. And there will be a second round when all the nominations come out, and we'll see where it stands, and then boom, Oscar night. It could come down to it. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we didn't have a way of determining who gets the first pick. So we're doing a live coin flip on the air. I have a quarter right here. But lastly, to set up a little more, we each are picking ten movies. Ten movies each since we did five for everybody when it was four people. Yeah. But since just the two of us, we're going to do ten each. And it's going to be a snake draft, so whoever gets first pick gets fourth pick, and whoever gets second also gets third, and so on and so forth. If you play fantasy football, you are well aware of this. (laughs) Um, so call it in the air I'm going to flip it alright heads tails oh Oh, yeah oh man (laughs) there should be (laughs) I'm actually debating no this is the biggest no brainer of the draft yeah this is way bigger no brainer than the Avengers Um, if this was the summer box office draft I would have just won (laughs) yeah but I think the Star Wars... There's oh, enough depth. I just gave away my pick. But I'm picking Star Wars The Force, Force Awakens. Of course. Um, 
I don't think it's going to get nominated for much other than this, like minor categories. Yeah, maybe so, direction or something. Maybe. I'd be shocked. Or uh, if it does, I'm a winner. Casting <laughs> or I just uh, this makeup. Isn't... Costume. The maybe. Dark Knight didn't even get any of that. So, really? So uh, it's it's going to be tough. So I think it gives me a leg up because I'm expecting it to make at least one and a half, maybe two billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and I expect it to have a high Rotten Tomatoes score. To be honest, I just don't expect it to get any more than minor nominations. So I don't think it's a slam dunk since it's the fall box office draft and. There are plenty of good picks left for you since you get two in a row here. Yeah. If you play your cards wisely. So, with that. Alright. What is your first pick? Talk it out. Talk us All through right. it. Alright. Are you just deciding between. I'm trying to things? decide between a couple of movies. Um, just. What I'm going through in my mind is I'm. Like we said, it chase the money. Yeah. I yeah I don't want to get too much into my strategy, but yeah, it's I think just, towards the top of the draft you want to chase the money, and then you want to try to find the quality, gems that'll yeah, get you yeah. them bonus points. So I'm just trying to think out in my head between a couple of movies, what's going to be the most mass appealing? And honestly, I think that's probably the Hunger Games. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good pick right there. That would have been, if you would let that go, I would have taken it. And there's one more. If you let it go, I will scoop it up happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> but you do get another pick, so this is your shot to get two great picks right off the bat. All right. I do think Hunger Games is going to make close to a billion dollars. I would expect it to have a high Rotten Tomatoes score. And again, I would only expect it to be nominated in minor categories. Yeah. So, that's my prognosis there. Just going a quick scan through. Make sure I didn't overlook anything (laughs) super obvious. Third pick in the draft. On the clock. Joel Fallon is on the clock. (laughs) Other... uh, Categories to keep in mind, best animated feature, best documentary if you want to go way out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I have, I, I sort of want to do an animated movie in a way, but... I would say best animation is a minor category. Yeah, I just, like the Pixar type movies, I there's only one that I had my eye on, and I just feel like I may have missed one, but I guess I am, I don't know... Maybe go with The Martian. Okay. Right. You can tell me how confident I am. <laughs> I think you're going to... It's re- a good pick, but I don't know if it's second definitely, material. Definitely has some major award num- uh, category potential there. I think it'll make a decent amount of money in theaters. Should have a high Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. I think you're going to kick yourself when you realize what you've just led me to pick. All right. James Bond, Spectre. Oh, my God. (laughs) I should have written Bond next to that title a lot bigger. (laughs) I I, I circled it. (laughs) I'm an idiot. Um, uh, The last one 
I forget what was it called. Uh, Skyfall <laughs> was yeah. the biggest of the series history made. I think, if I'm not mistaken, eight hundred million dollars. Uh, had a great Rotten Tomatoes score, and should get maybe some minor categories. Personally, one of my favorite. It might be my favorite bomb movie. So, pretty happy to get that one. Uh, and uh, with my next pick, I'll take that Pixar movie, The Good Dinosaur. I don't think it'll win Best Animated Feature because Inside Out seems to be a lock for that. Yeah. But it could get a nomination, and it's Pixar, and it's kids' movie should make some money. Yeah. I don't know. This one doesn't look as good as Inside Out, so the Rotten Tomatoes score might not be quite as good, but that's where I'm at there. All right. And with your third pick. My third pick. I am... Are you going award central? Are you trying to make some money? What are you trying to do here? I am... That's... Um, I'm trying to pick... Probably... I got two picks in a row. Yep. It'll probably be one of each. Uh, so I guess it really doesn't matter the order, but... Right. I think I'm going to go with Black Mass. Okay, I like it. That's the award uh, jumper, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay, should def looks like Johnny Depp. And it could make a mid amount of money. It could. Yeah. Johnny Depp and all, and Whitey Bulger's a pretty known, sort of the John Dillinger of his day, yeah. but not really... Loved by the public, exactly. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for your fourth pick? And for my fourth pick, um, I got a hunch about this animated movie. Hotel Transfigurement 2. Alright. It's a sequel. Um, I don't, I don't know how good it's going to do critically. Should make some money, though. Yeah. I'll keep the animation train going and get, All right. go with Peanuts. Peanuts. The Charlie Brown movie that I think is coming around closer to Thanksgiving or Christmas, so that could do good. I don't know. Could go either way there. Um, and I will also go with The Revenant. All this right. is purely Oscar bait. Yeah. Not. I don't think it'll make a ton of money, but... I think it's going to be nominated all over the board, including Best Picture. So. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I, I was thinking about doing it, and yeah, I was going to see if I could get lucky and steal it a little bit later, because it'll definitely get nominated for a bunch yeah, of stuff. I just feel like I have enough of these blockbusters. Yeah. I could go for one of the big guns on the uh, awards circuit. All right. For my fifth pick, I'm going to go with The Hateful Eight. That's a good pick. Tarantino always makes at least a hundred million uh, domestically, not including international, and he's always Christmas release, always in the running for awards. So, oh, that's a good pick directly against the Revenant. Yeah, and it's it always gets good uh, Rotten Tomato scores as well. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. All right, my sixth. Um, let's see, um, I, I think I'm going to go, this might get nominated, possibly, uh, Everest. Everest, okay. Should make some money, could be the Gravity 
in this year. I don't know if it'll do that well, but yeah, I expect good reviews. So, all right, that's a nice pick. I'm gonna go with the Maze Runner Two okay. Scorch Trials. This, I, like that pick. I feel like this is a risky one because it's not gonna do good critically, and it's also. I don't know if it's going to make big bucks, but it's a sequel to a movie that made some money. <sighs> well, it, uh, Dave, my brother knows a little bit more about the series, and apparently it's a three-part thing. There's yeah. The third one. and if, if they go that far. I don't really know too much about any of it, but he said apparently <clears throat> this one is supposed to be kind of crazy or something. I don't know. Yeah. I hope it does good, obviously. I picked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going back to the award circuit here. Steve Jobs is my seventh pick. Okay. I think it's one of the front runners to win Best Picture. Obviously, it's super early to tell that, but I don't. I think it will make some money because the name value. Yeah. And should get high Rotten Tomato score, so fingers crossed. All right. My number seven, I'm just going to go with what I like, uh, Legend. Right. I, you never know. He, Tom Hardy could get a nomination for doing Two the roles. character. I don't know how about money-wise. I don't know how well. I don't know either because, to be honest with you, I wasn't even sure if it was going to be a full like release here. That was the impression I got from the earlier trailers. But from... The little bit of research I did, it, it is coming out, like, full release. I don't know. I think it might just be a strong enough movie that it'll get some people out. And Tom Hardy, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, it's a risky one, but... I don't know, they say when you invest, invest in what you like. <laughs> and so. you gotta go for some risky ones, since I have Star Wars. Yeah. And James Bond. So, yeah, exactly. Gotta make some... What's your number eight? Creed. Creed, all right. That's a movie I, we just talked about. Looking forward to it. I think a lot of people are. So, I like it. Yeah. My number eight, I'm going Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. All right. Low budget. It's the final Paranormal Activity movie. Obviously, it's not making any award runs. Uh, probably won't have a great Rotten Tomatoes score, but for the budget, I think it'll make... It's a safe pick. I think it, it's not going to lose money. It's yeah. just no, If it loses money, something went horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's see. <sighs> My ninth pick, second to last pick. Let me see. I'm between two things here. Screw it. I'm going pan. I'm picking up the... the Casey's missed All right. opportunities here. I'm going to keep it in the family. Maybe it'll get pushed back the next summer and we'll take it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a pan. I think it'll make some money. I saw a, a, another trailer for it. It actually looked better than the first one that I saw. So Okay. I don't know. All right. Um, um, just, I don't have Final much two direction picks. in this one. I'm trying to make a reach here. <laughs> Final two picks. Actually, just thinking about Pan, we should each get one extra pick that's in reserve, just in case a movie gets pushed back or idea. canceled or whatever. 
So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Trumbo. Trumbo. Trumbo? Yeah. Possibly a award nomination. He seems like a lock to get a nomination. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to make any money. I just don't. It might be my second wave kicker, though. (laughs) Could be. You gotta hope. What's your final regular pick? My final regular pick. Ah. There's one out there that we've talked about that I'm just surprised is still sitting there. Really? Yeah. Quick scan here. Uh, Alright, this is. might be a stretch, but. Truth. Truth? Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's Robert Redford and Kate Blanchett. Oh, uh, okay. That's right. Read about that one. I don't think it's making money. I don't think so either, but. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? But. I don't know. It seems kind of a awardsy type yeah. movie. Uh, I'm kind of blanking on what it's about. I just read about it like not long ago, like literally an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Well, with my last pick, last regular pick, anyway, I'll take Bridge of Spies. It's sitting there. All right. I'll take it. It's Spielberg. It's Hanks. Yeah, I just keep thinking tomorrow. Well, I mean that's George Clooney, but I don't know why. I just keep thinking. Even if it's bad, I think it might get a Best Picture nomination just off the pedigree. Uh, so that's where uh, that's why I'm taking that now for my reserve pick. Let's see. I'm taking the Danish Girl for my reserve. This is one that is strictly award season bait. Uh, should get plenty of major category nominations. Right. If I need to use it, at least I know it'll be good for that. And reserve also for tiebreaker. God. True. Yeah, yeah. You never know. That would be crazy. What is your honorable mention? Or reserve? <laughs> reserve the intern. Because it has Anne Hathaway and Robert in here. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it. That is our first ever fall box office draft. It was fun. Yeah. And after the summer box office draft, I don't want to ever get too confident again. (laughs) But I am confident. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. Definitely. It'll be fun to watch. Star Wars comes out in mid to late December, so that'll be a wave. The 18th, I believe. Yeah. That's a tidal wave of money yeah. coming my way. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. <laughs> Could be a, an. It might be the first movie in a long time that might be hard to go see, like to, to actually, get, actually a ticket. get a ticket. Yeah, I heard they have every IMAX theater reserved for Star Wars All right. in the country. Wow. <laughs> yeah, which. That's how I need to see that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I can't not 
see it in theaters, whether it's that opening weekend or not. I got to. Yeah. I have a. F- <laughs> I'm gonna go to a Wednesday morning, ten o'clock in the morning. It's gonna be sold out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the regular schedule. Talk about what else we watched. All right. Uh, I'll start it off. Uh, took my daughter out to the movie theater to see Shaun the Sheep. Okay. Uh, claymation animated movie. Touched on it a little bit on the last episode. Same people that made Wallace and Gromit. Um, it's basically a silent movie. There's not a single word uttered in the movie. It's all gestures and huh. like body language and that kind of stuff to get the point across for an hour and a half. And you would think that would get old fast and feel really long, but it didn't. It was really? actually a really fun movie about <laughs> these... Sean the Sheep and him and his sheep buddies, like, there's so much in their daily routine of things. They're just going through the motions up, and the farmer comes out, shaves the wool off, do this, do that. So they figure out a way to make him fall asleep by continuously jumping in front of him, so he's counting sheep, and he falls asleep, and they put him in this trailer, which something happens where it flies like down a hill into the city and basically the whole thing is them and the pet dog go into the city to try to get him back (laughs) and it's it's a fun movie it's not amazing but uh how's she like it's a good surprisingly for you think a kid yeah well not even like three years old she she liked it a lot nice she was like at certain times when Oh my god, they're about to go off a cliff. She'd like bury her head into my chest, like, oh my god. <laughs> she was into it, so I was actually pretty happy about that. Nice. Uh, she has good taste. <laughs> she st- sat through 3D Avengers, two and a half hours. She sat through a silent animated <laughs> claymation movie. Way out of her. She's time. my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it has a good moral, I think, at the end of the day. Basically, it's, you know, you ha- sometimes you have to go through. A crazy experience to really appreciate your daily routine and just appreciate what you got. Yeah, that's so, cool. I'd give it a seven and a half out of ten. Cool, solid animated feature. All right, um, I watched a movie called The Hunter. It's um, on Netflix. It's a uh, Willem Dafoe. I've seen it. Have you? Yep, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's it was surprised me because partially. Through the movie, I was sort of, I don't know if I was losing interest, but I just started thinking, maybe this isn't a good movie. I don't know. I just... It's a maybe, little weird, but it's... I kind of went into it thinking it might not be a good movie for some reason, and I just watched it anyway, but it actually surprisingly was pretty good. The The acting's great. I mean, it's Willem Dafoe and, uh, what's his name? Sam Neill? Or Francis O'Connor? Um, that's who's it. Willem Dafoe, Francis, Ocampo, okay. Sam Neill. Yeah, but the guy from uh, Jurassic Park, Sam Neill. Yeah, and he's in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's about um, I don't know exactly what he is. If he's a mercenary, if right. he catches animals on the regular, but a company called Red Leaf contracts him to find the. It's like an endangered species, right? Well, they're. Extinct in real life. Oh, right. Uh, Tasmanian tiger, but 
it existed close enough that people think there might still be some out there, but they basically, they want the DNA for it. They want to yeah, kill it. Yeah, that's right. And he goes to New Zealand, stays with the family, kind of gets help from local people, and just realizes there's something wrong with the locals don't like him, outsiders, and long story short, <laughs> he finds out there's a long line of people like him. Yeah. That... Yeah. Um, it's a speak. great performance. Yeah, it's great acting. The story's not horrible. It's kind of mixed and matched a little bit. Kind of environmentalist and... I don't know. I want to say thriller, but it's not literally a thriller. Yeah, it's slow-paced, but it's very not boring. Slow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, all, all in all, it was a good performance. And Definitely. Kind of interesting story. Uh, yeah, it has a lot to do with his family that he stays with and all. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> with that, I I don't want to completely give away the yeah. movie. What would you give it? Uh, I give it a seven out of ten. It's clear. I think I gave it a seven or seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, I had never heard of the movie prior, by the way. Like it, yeah. it was a random. random. Yeah. <laughs> good good pick. Could have been worse. Yeah, I like Willem Dafoe a lot. Another movie I watched with my daughter, which we were supposed to review on this podcast, and part of the reason we're not, besides that Mad Max would just be a way better movie to review, <laughs> is that I didn't like it at all. <laughs> really? Home. The uh, animated movie yeah. starring Jim Parsons as this alien creature. I cannot stand Jim Parsons. <laughs> his voice. Yeah. His, oh my God. Put my hands on the air like I just do not care. <laughs> yeah. It's like the epitome of of nerd culture, which I like nerd culture and I have nothing against nerds, but something about him just grates on me. Like he was the voice in the animated version of Elf, and I couldn't stand it. Huh? I didn't know there was an animated one, but yeah, I could see that. <sighs> just some, and I can't watch The Big Bang Theory. He gets on my nerves. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. It's just something. I don't particularly like the skin. show either, but. And this movie was very middle of the road, even worse, maybe. It's just so standard. Like, uh, yeah. the animation wasn't great. wasn't funny when it was trying to be funny. It wasn't anything. I mean, there were some very small bright spots. Like, the music in it is not good on its own. But I thought it was somewhat effective when combined with the movie, if that makes sense. Sometimes okay. that happens, like a song you hate, but it kind of works yeah, the way they, yeah. they use it. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't good at all. I'm glad we didn't have to review it. Four, <laughs> four out of ten. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I also watched a movie called Rescue Dawn. Yep. With uh, Christian Bale. Yep. Um, it's a really good movie. Yeah, it was... I liked it anyway. It was a good movie, but... Werner Herzog. Huh? Werner Herzog directed it. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, the acting was pretty good, but I really did not like Christian Bale's angle or whatever, his approach to the character. I thought it was extremely hollow. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I love Christian Bale. Yeah, it's I do too. It's not my favorite of his performances, though. 
it's it's the character that he's or it's not even the character that he's playing that I don't like. It's the way he's playing it. He's too like he's going for something. enthusiastic and hollow. Like it's the best way I can describe it. And he's supposed to be like German. Like he's American, but he was born in Germany and it's yeah. The guy I liked better the performance was the other guy with the yeah, long dark hair. Uh, he's he's from Lost. Uh, he's Daniel Plainview in Lost. <laughs> uh, Steve Zahn's good in it too, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say the uh, not the dark hair guy. I didn't like as much. Uh, I don't know what his name is. He's a guy you would recognize. Yes, and it's not even gonna be on this first page. Of wow. Jeremy Davies. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was really good in it. He was good. Uh, but the other guy, the... Steve Zahn? Yeah. I thought he was actually kind of the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was definitely great in it. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that was the thing. Now, I'm, I watched it a while ago. I'm just coming back to me. That's what surprised me, that I, I loved Christian Bale. I watched it because Christian Bale was in it. But he was, like, one of my least favorite parts of it. But I still liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Crucial, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You'd have to really watch. I'd recommend watching the movie. Um, I'd give it a 7. Because the rest of the movie is fairly strong. But I just really don't like his character. It yeah. could have been a, like a classic type movie if if he did it right. But And I don't know. I, I don't really want to blame it on Christian Bale. Because it could have been the direction... He was given, right, yeah. but it was kind of American, the Psycho movie. Like, there's definitely elements of yeah. that kind of in it, and I don't know. What he was an obnoxious person in that movie. Yeah, he was. It's coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah. What would you give it? Uh, seven out of ten. All right. I watched a very good movie, a uh, indie horror. I guess you could say it's horror esque movie called Spring. Which is, did you ever see any of the before movies, before sunrise, before sunset, before no. midnight? It's basically just a movie with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy where he's in Europe and he meets this girl. And basically the whole movie is just them walking and talking and building their relationship. Okay. And it ends on a cliffhanger where like he leaves and said, I'll come back this time next year, same day next year, wait for me, blah, blah, blah. And then seven years later, they made a sequel. And then seven years later, they made another one. Okay. Uh, but basically, the reason I'm saying that is because this movie is the horror movie version of that movie. Where it's about this young kid who gets in trouble in America. So, he goes across to Europe, lands in Italy eventually, and uh, meets this girl. This hot young girl. Starts building a relationship with her. And it's basically the same thing I'm talking about, where just they're walking, they're talking, they're building a relationship. But at, at the same time, there's something weird about her. She has a secret oh. that is uh, you slowly learn more and more about as the movie goes on. And it's something supernatural, and it, it keeps you guessing. <laughs> but it doesn't go exactly in the ways you think it will go. Like, the whole time, like... Oh, I know what it is. Oh, no, it can't be. Because it, like, it was one of those. But at the same time, it actually did a great job of building this relationship, some character development, 
beautiful cinematography looked great for the I'm sure the low budget it had the special effects were really good hmm. um, for any horror fans or fan of the before series I would highly recommend it give it an eight and a half out of ten wow yeah very cool uh, all right I watched um, one more thing uh, Fort McCoy it's a movie on Netflix the theme here yeah, it's about uh, World War Two POW camp, but in Wisconsin. The true story: um, they sent the Germans there, and I like the description. It was about true story about this lady's grandmother. They moved to the base. Her dad was a barber, and it's just sort of about their life on the base during the war, and. This movie disappointed me so much. Really? I mean, it, I didn't. It didn't look like it was going to be amazing by any means, but it looked like it could be a cool characters story. They have good characters separately. It's a cool theme. It's different, and it just doesn't do anything in the end. It's <laughs> just ends up <laughs> being a really a bunch of people that are bored out in the country, and they're all. I don't know, the soldiers there aren't doing anything, and they look down on the barber and the bar... I don't know, it's... It just doesn't come together as anything. And it's, it was really disappointing. I, it could have been an okay movie. An interesting story. I'm sure the, the actual true story, if it was directed well, would have been better, but... Yeah, that's always disappointing. Um, the one guy who plays the dad, he's kind of recognizable, um... Not a star by any means, but I've Eric Stoltz. Seen him in something, yeah. Well, yep, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. <laughs> I don't know his name, but I, I've definitely seen his face in something yeah. before. It may have been like an episode of Law and Order or something, <laughs> but I don't That's know. Great. It could have the idea. It could have been a cool movie, but it wasn't. I give it. A four out of ten, and it's being fairly generous. <laughs> wow. Alright, I watched uh, another movie that's getting some good buzz on the indie circuit, got good reviews, uh, Clouds of Sils Maria. It's a, I think it's, I mean, it's not a French film because it's mostly in English, but it takes place in France, and the main person is French. She's okay. a French actress, and Kristen Stewart is her, like, assistant and she's like, I guess, a superstar actress in the French film world. And e I guess even American film world, that doesn't make any sense. She's, just like, <laughs> she's a movie star, she, but yeah. she's aged. And basically, she's going to some award show to talk about, give out the award for, like, an appreciation award for this guy who gave her her first big opportunity. And he won't be there because he's, like, a pretentious guy who's above <laughs> it all. And they find out on the way that he died. Really? So now, when it was supposed to be just like some appreciation thing about a guy that's still around, it's going to turn sour into like a melancholy memorial type deal. Right. And she doesn't like that. And then she finds out more details about his death. And and then she... It's kind of... There's even more to it. There's a... <laughs> she signs on to do this role where... The movie that he directed her in to allow her 
to have her career was a movie where she played this young character who falls in love with this older woman character and it's like some betrayal type thing yeah and now she's been cast as the older person in an, <coughs> another version of this uh movie and chloe grace moretz is playing the young hotshot actress who's basically like a train wreck like a miley cyrus type of person <laughs> but apparently she's a good actress and and it gets into the whole like the relationship from this movie parallels the relationship with her assistant and it's just like a meta type story yeah it was okay I I thought it was I was disappointed because it got really good reviews and it right. sounded interesting to me yeah I mean on paper it sounds really exactly. cool exactly and I actually like these meta style movies where like the thing that's happening on screen mirrors whatever they're doing you know yeah and I even talked about uh Venus and Fur a couple episodes ago which was very similar and I liked that a lot but this I mean it was it was good it was well made but to me it was just kind of bleh yeah I could see a movie like that being kind of hard to execute yeah it, people like it so don't just take my word for it but I give it like 6 out of 10 right. it was just well made good story but just very bland for me alright what else you got um I super high me I do have... That's sort of just a little re-review. I've seen this movie... Doug Benson? Yeah. Hundreds of times. <laughs> I, um, I don't know whether I like that guy or not. Like, he, I think he's funny. Yeah. But I think he's kind of a dick. Yeah, I, I don't think I've really seen much of his stand-up. He has a podcast, Doug Loves Movies. Uh, and I've seen him on Last Comic Standing. So I've, I've, well... Uh, well, I'll give a quick rundown of this. I've um, seen Super High. Oh, have you? Okay. Well, I mean... But the audience might not. I think he... The kind of comedy... He's more of someone that'd be funny to be around. Yeah. You know? I yeah. don't know how a stand-up... Just like a they. sterner guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Super High Me is sort of a spoof on Super Size Me, where he... Yeah, <laughs> doesn't smoke weed for thirty days, and then he gets smokes as much as possible. Rip right? for thirty days, and I don't know. I when I first saw the movie, I thought it was going to be pretty bad. He's not bad. No, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's a, interesting, and it's actually kind of educational in ways. And yeah, it's effective for what it is. Yeah. It's it surprised me at the time. But I think it's I'm, as good as it could be, that movie. Yeah, I personally, I have a soft spot for this uh, movie. Uh, I'd give it an eight and a half on the documentary comedy scale. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, but that's a personal favorite of mine. It's a soft spot. Yeah. I recommend it. Cool. Uh, I watched another critically acclaimed movie that actually, um, it's two days, one night. It's a... God, now I don't know. Is, <laughs> is it French? Maybe is it German? But it's a foreign language film. It was. It wasn't nominated. I think it's Danish, actually. It wasn't nominated for best foreign language film. But Marion Cotillard, who's the actress in the main role, was nominated for best actress, and very much deserving so. She was fantastic in this movie. But it's about Marion Cotillard is this woman who is out of work because she had some kind of nervous breakdown and she has some kind of anxiety disorder going on 
and while she's been out of work, they put it up to a vote with the 16 other people that work at her job. I think it's not important, but I think the job's like a solar panel roofing thing, maybe. Oh, okay. But that doesn't matter, because they went a vote. Would you rather each get a $1,000 bonus or allow her to come back to her job? <laughs> and three people voted to let her come back to the job. Thirteen voted for the <laughs> bonus, so she's out of a job. But then she talks her boss into giving her to the weekend to try to a revote on a secret ballot on Monday morning when they get to work. So the whole movie is her going to each of these employees one at a time and trying to win their. Oh, vote. okay, that's cool. And that's cool because like. That reminds me of like Survivor Big Brother. You're campaigning for someone's vote. Yeah. It's like you got to do whatever you got to do for, based on the personalities. And some people are nice. He just runs the gamut. Some one guy's like super guilty, breaks down crying. I'm so sorry I voted against you. And other ones like I'm I'm really sorry, but I need this money more than anything. One is just a complete asshole. Like it's just <laughs> all different kinds of responses and. Uh, and then it resolves itself. It is really good. It is definitely good. Again, I was a little disappointed because I heard so much hype about it. Yeah. But it, it is a good movie. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Definitely recommend. But, again, I, this is the kind of movie that's usually right up my alley. I love these foreign language dramas where it's like just everyday stuff, but well done and realistic. Yeah. There was just something about it that was holding it back for me a little bit. I'm, I can't quite put my finger on what it was, but mm-hmm. just usually they they hit right when I'm watching these. They just connect yeah. right away, and this one didn't. But it definitely was still good. So. I like. Uh, I can't think of like any specific examples, but I like movies that do that where they tell a story through other people or like going around and talking to other people, and you kind of get all these details yeah yeah it definitely is one of those where like it just starts off where the vote the first vote has already happened you don't and you find that out as uh, it goes okay. on. so you're finding out details as it goes on kind of like mad max yeah but so different <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else you got there i saw um hercules is the one i really wanted to do um most of them are just rewatches lord of war uh, Lord of War. I like that movie. A favorite of mine. Even though I don't think Nicolas Cage is particularly good in it. I thought he's okay. Yeah. I, he's not, not his, bad. Not one of his worst, not one of his best. Yeah. Uh, it's just a movie I really liked. Yeah. Uh, when I moved to Ocean City the first time, it was one of the only movies I had for a while. So it was on all the time, just in the background. Yeah. And I rewatched it to see how it held up, and it holds up really well. Um, I don't know. I'd probably give it a strong seven and a half, week eight, somewhere in between. Nice. Now, Hercules. Sorry, I jumped over you. <laughs> and Hercules. I, Just recently hit the Netflix, Rock. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, looked terrible. What? How was it? It wasn't bad. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the angle they have on it. It's not what you think. Like he still has tattoos, right? I don't know. It seems like he always has his tribal tattoos, no matter well, oh, yeah. what role it is. I think they might have added to it, but it fits his character. Oh, okay, cool. Because um, it, it's more of a pagan time. and uh, But the thing I really liked about the movie was he's not like Hercules like you think he is. Mm-hmm. He's 
not the son of a god or anything. Is he a son of a gun? Son yeah, of a bitch? He is. He, he's a son of a gun. Um, <laughs> he's like actually the sweetest person like in the world. He's got a group of people around him, like fighters. And the whole Hercules story was made up so people were more willing to surrender rather than fight. But throughout the movie, they kind of show why some of these myths came about. Like centaurs, it's guys that are just at the right angle on top of a horse with the silhouette behind it. Right. And that's the thing I really liked about the movie, is giving the logical explanations for essentially uneducated people back then, you know. But it's a little bit Sherlock Holmesy. Generic? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's kind of fun, but it ends out like kind of being It boring. is cool when they try to do like the gritty, more realistic, magical realism approach. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes that strips away what makes that property unique. Yeah, it, but uh, the one... I can't, the guy from Deadwood, I don't know what his name is. Have you ever watched Deadwood? Is it Ian McShane? Yeah, uh, his character is sort Deadwood. of a um, sight, uh, a fortune teller type guy or whatever, and the whole movie really puts down the fact that magic exists, and he does things that they kind of can't explain. Hmm. You know he was just cast in the next season of Game of Thrones? Yeah, I heard about that. A little news segue there, okay, <laughs> keep going. And, I don't know, it's interesting. It kind of put the twist on it, uh, just a hint that, you know, magic might not be real, but you never know. Like, you just might not understand something sort of the way they didn't understand certain things. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. It's it's a fun movie. What it's worth the it? watch. Um, I don't have the heart to give it a six and a half. I'm going to give it a seven. <laughs> it's mediocre. <laughs> Very watchable, but I don't know if I'd really go out of my way to see it again. Gotcha. I watched a Netflix movie, mm-hmm. Creep, which is a Netflix exclusive, um, directed by the guy who did The Overnight, which is something we may be reviewing in a few weeks, uh, and it's starring uh, Mark Duplass. You know him if you saw him. No, okay. He's an indie movie guy. He's all over the place. For all of you, I just gave up a face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark Duplass, I think, like Adam Sandler, he just signed a thing with Netflix. Like, oh, okay. He's going to give them X amount of movies over the next X amount of time. <laughs> and this is the first one. It's a horror movie. It's a, be- a found footage horror movie. Your all favorite. Right. But it's actually pretty good. I think you might actually like it. But, yeah. Uh, it's about this guy who is answering an ad for a job where this guy, played by Mark Duplass, is dying of cancer and he just wants someone to film his final days or at least one of his days to give a documentary type tape to his son who was coming or something. Like, he's not born yet so he'll never meet him. Oh, uh, okay. And it's a horror movie, so... It goes from there. Mark Duplass is the creep in question. And holy shit, great performance. I I don't think he's always the best actor, but great performance. Creepy as hell. He (laughs) he definitely lives up to it. Lives up to the name. Yeah, and um, yeah, it goes 
in different areas and ways that a horror movie will go. But it actually surprised me because at a certain point I'm like, oh, this is the end, right? Nope. It's actually going into another gear here. Really? And it's and I'm liking it better than anything that's happened yet. So um, I give it another 7.5 out of 10. Okay. And it's interesting that Creep was a movie that I was pleasantly surprised by and really enjoyed 7.5 out of 10. Two Days, One Night, a movie I was disappointed by. But still appreciated. Seven and a half. Yeah, I know. It's that's funny how the two ways you can get to the same place. <laughs> yeah, that's like the hunter. I enjoyed it. It was okay. It's the seven, but yeah. at least seven. It's, yeah, just, I, it's it, weird. Yeah. And real quick, one other one that I forgot to mention in the last episode was Hits on Netflix. Not much to say about it. It's a dark comedy directed by David Cross starring uh, Michael Sarah. A great cast, actually, but it's not good. It's just <laughs> not funny. Like, it's got all these funny people, and I keep waiting for it to be funny, but it never really is. It's about this girl in a town who's so desperate to be famous. She's making a audition tape for The Voice. She tried out for American Idol, and basically it's one of these things where it's like, well, isn't pop culture so terrible nowadays? you know kids these days it just seems like someone that's out of touch well maybe that is true it's just there's no like basis yeah it's just like a angry old guy shouting on his porch get off my lawn essentially and it comes through and if it was funny that'd be one thing yeah it'd be one thing but when it wasn't it kind of was just annoying it's not terribly made I mean there are certain things it has going for it but 5 out of 10 and real quick I uh, just wanted to mention, I actually did some reading of some graphic novels, oh. some comic books. Uh, finally read Batman The Dark Knight Returns, okay. a classic Frank Miller uh, graphic novel where Batman's been retired for 10 years and then just can't take it anymore. The crime's out of control. He comes back and the media's after him. Superman comes after him. Like, it's. It's an iconic yeah. graphic novel, and I think a lot of it is being what's based on the new Batman vs. Superman movie coming out, so that's why I finally nice. got myself to read it. I bought it like five years ago, and it's been sitting in a box in my closet <laughs> for five years. I think that's what the um, him and Darren Aronofsky were supposed to make one Yeah, of yeah. I think that's what ago. they were going to try to go yeah. for. And also I started reading Ex Machina. Not the movie we reviewed a few yeah. episodes ago. <laughs> this is a Brian K. Vaughn who wrote Why the Last Man, uh, Saga. He's also a writer on Lost. Just a great comic book guy and writer in general for all media. This is the comic he wrote. It's The whole run is 50 issues and like four specials. I had a gift card that I got for Father's Day from my wife Sam who gave me a $25 gift card to this comic book store up the street on Father's Day, mind you. <laughs> two weeks ago, I finally went to the comic book store and I got the first two uh, trade paperbacks of Ex Machina that had the first 20 issues or whatever. Uh, I got through the first one, so that's 11 issues that I read and I'm loving it. Yeah. So I actually went and bought the last three trade paperbacks online. Wait for that to come in the mouth. I'm going to read all 50 issues. Nice. 
It's about this guy who was a superhero, only superhero in the world. Something happened where he got these powers where he can control, he can communicate with machinery. Like, huh. he can stop a train full stop by just talking to it. And so he can make himself fly by talking to a jetpack and all this crap. Yeah. But you'd think that'd be interesting. The movie starts, he retired from being a superhero. He's going into politics. He's running for office. He wins mayor in a landslide because he helped out um, on 9-11. He uh. was a superhero that he prevented... one. The one of the great reveals at the end of the early episodes uh, issues. It's not really much of a spoiler. It's like, yeah, but I should have done so much more. I should have stopped that first plane, and then the panel is just like one tower down and one up. So uh, he actually prevented one of the towers from going down. So that's crazy. obviously, it's just going about how if there was a superhero, God, how easy would it be for them to run for office and run, can pretty much control the world? Yeah. Because who's not going to vote for a superhero? Or, you know. Yeah. And he faces, like, multiple assassination attempts already in these first ten issues. Holy Because like, people are just going after him. There's Yeah, I, I'm sure it'd be polarizing. Bring him back stuff where he wants to go back to being a superhero and he's trying to fight against it. It's really, really well done. It's really good. Nice. I'd recommend it if any comic book readers out there. All right. Uh, did you have anything else? No, no. We had enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a little bit of news. Solid episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely, for sure. It's making up for the uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't terrible, but... Yeah. A little bit of news, real quick. George Miller, who directed Mad Max, Fury yeah. Road, he's rumored to direct Man of Steel 2, the sequel to Man of Steel, which who knows when that's coming because they have so many movies slated already. Yeah. But that would be awesome if he can make a movie like Mad Max, but Superman. Yeah. I might actually like Superman for once in my life. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I, don't, I feel the same way about <laughs> uh, Narcos, which we'll be reviewing in about a month, renewed for season two. Nice. Kind of knew it was coming with the yeah. way it ended. I fin I watched the whole season today. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But <laughs> I was surprised how it ended, and it makes sense now that they're going for a season two. Yeah. You finished it, right? Uh huh. Okay. Uh, there's a Borderlands movie in the works. Okay. I don't. I um. I never really played it myself. Really? I mean, I know of it, and my brother and a lot of people I know love it. I. I don't know anything about the story, but. Me either. I thought you might. That's why I didn't. Yeah, like I don't it. know. It, it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. I think Mad Max, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I might like it then. Yeah. Um, speaking of video games, Nintendo is considering making their. Considering getting into the movie making business with their video game properties. Huh. Or at least optioning them out, I guess. Yeah. Which this would be is, cool. They announced like a Nintendo Land, too, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I've been I waiting for this. I think there probably exists. Somewhere. They're the Disney of video games. Yeah. So this sort of, makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. And Mega Man movie is in the works. Just saw that today. That could be cool. The, I Animated. remember the cartoon was good. 
I don't know. Should they make it animated or live action? How can you do it live action? No, I, I guess if you go really gritty and dark. Like, yeah, but they probably cool. don't want to. I'm just interested to see how that works. I love Mega Man. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's just I don't know how it would work. There was a good cartoon, like Saturday morning style cartoon. I had a, I don't know. Sort of had a storyline, but not really, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about it in a recent episode, but there's a Blade re- reboot on the way with featuring Blade's daughter as the main character. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Milking the cow when it's already dry. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix will be in M. Night Shyamalan's next movie. They're finally getting back together. Maybe this was what... M. Knight needs to get back on track because he just gets worse every single time out, it seems like. Yeah. Started out so strong. Mm. <laughs> what, you had Six Sense, Unbreakable, Signs. I didn't really like Signs, but people do. Yeah, and then jumped off cliff. <laughs> he had a couple of these ones, uh, like The Village, but yeah. The happening's so bad. <laughs> and... Leonardo DiCaprio is going to star in a Scarface remake. Um, He's going to be playing the Al Pacino role. Why? I don't know. Seems like this will be the fourth version of Scarface movie. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. At least the third. Jeez, I didn't Uh, know. I mean, he's an awesome actor. I'm sure he could pull it off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not... I don't (laughs) doubt him, but just... I think Scarface is overrated. I do too. I, I mean, I understand why it's iconic. Yeah. But Good performance. I don't really think it's that great of a movie. Yeah. That's me, my personal opinion. It's not a bad movie. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. And the last, I thought maybe we should mention the theater shootings that had gone on while we were away. Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this from Jay Leno? <laughs> <laughs> um, one was in a train wreck uh, sh- showing. So, uh, someone came in with a gun, killed some people, and then there was another one like a week later. I forget which movie. Jeez. But, uh, scary. Yeah. It's like on, close to the anniversary of the Batman Dark Knight Rises yeah. shooting. Uh, I, I did see something on the, well, whatever. I saw it reported at least. Uh, there's been one mass shooting every day this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, it's not going to stop me from going to the to movies. Yeah, me either. But uh, I don't go that often anyway. <laughs> and I tend to go in the early morning or afternoon, so. Yeah. I don't know. Be just, safe. Okay. Yeah. Just, I guess, keep your eyes open. Always know where that exit is, emergency exit, just in case. Yeah. Back of your mind. <laughs> Sucks that you have to do that, but you probably should. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. We're not, I'm not really going to talk about what came out in theaters because there was nothing good and we're behind anyway. So. Yeah. On Redbox, next week we will be reviewing True Story, starring James Franco and, no, I was going to say Seth Rogen, <laughs> <laughs> Jonah Hill. <laughs> Get them confused. Oh, got it out. <laughs> in a serious role. No comedy whatsoever. So that's something different. Um, also, we're going to be reviewing True Story. I just said that. <laughs> God damn it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Unfriended, maybe, is one possibility. Uh-huh. Don't hold us to the fire on this. I'm <laughs> going to name three movies that I say we're going to review. There's a chance we might end up only doing two. So, 
Unfriended, the found footage horror movie, and the Age of Adeline, the like a weird fantasy movie where a girl doesn't age after an accident and she's trying not to fall in love because she'll just outlive them all. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's starring Harrison Ford and Blake Lively. Also coming out on Redbox, Far From the Matting Crowd, some period piece drama that I actually got decent reviews. The D Train, starring Jack Jack Black. <laughs> uh, that sounds really bad. Yeah. Dior and I don't necessarily know what that is. And American Heist, a direct-to-DVD movie, are coming out. So. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. You can always email us, the Redbox Report, yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm personally on Twitter at The Oil Report. I'm on Twitter at The RBR Jolt. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Subscribe to our Reddit page as well. Reddit.com slash r slash The Redbox Report. <laughs> Find us on Stitcher and on Letterboxd. I'm at The Oil Report. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Special